0: Hey, how you doing? Um, Hope you're well. Thanks for uh, clicking on the link, downloading this podcast. Um, Sorry there hasn't been one out for a while. I recorded this one with Andy at the end of November so I haven't got it out for a few weeks. Um, Loads of excuses, um, working with my lovely clients, um, uh, finishing my degree and, and getting all that sorted and banging my head against the wall, probably like many of you in terms of the complete shit shower that and Brexit has become, although, you got to laugh, haven't you? Um, so this is with Andy Milson, who's a client of mine. Um, Andy's a great creative mind, um, a very challenging creative, someone who keeps pushing the boundaries of, of what creativity should be and what it could become in a digital space. Um, he's the founder of Human, uh, previously three straight lines, and, and is one of my clients. Um, I wanted to get Andy on the podcast to talk about how um, in my mind and, and get his opinion on has digital and the, 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 the lost its creativity, has it lost in, in effect his creative soul in this rush for um, people's attention, this desire for people's attention, this desire for visibility, for return on investment, for, for, for monotony in many ways of design and process and transactions and etc, etc. And I just wanted to get his, get his insight on it. Um, we uh, uh, talk about that, we talk about the future of agencies, we have a little bit of cricket in here as well, um, and we just generally kind of chew the fat over where creativity's place in, in digital is. Um, as usual, I've made a little ricket with the technology, so for the first three minutes there's a bit of feedback and a bit of echo on the process on the, on the recording, hope that doesn't ruin your enjoyment too much. Um, that only lasts about three minutes, in and then everything's fine after that. He says hopefully. I uh, hope you enjoy it, and I'll um, I'll speak to you at the end. Okay, so we're off and running. Hello, Andy.
1: Hello, Dave. <laughs> to well, coin a, a, a phrase from the League of Gentlemen.
0: Very good. It yeah, maybe would uh, actually. Uh, maybe can, we're can, can you edit that
1: in? Yeah. <laughs> like.
0: Well, maybe. <laughs> oh Christ! I can hardly get the uh, as I've been told by you. And a few others i can hardly get the volume right on it so me editing in a cut from the league of gentlemen is going to be almost bloody
1: impossible
0: <laughs> um how are you very well um, well you know how i am because we've just talked about it before <laughs> before we turned the light on <laughs> um, yeah i'm very well thank you and um, thanks for agreeing to come on actually because um i know i know actually especially at the moment you're really busy so um and you've got a kind of party stroke do stroke meal to get to tonight
1: so. yeah christmas uh christmas work due on the 30th of november they which get, doesn't no. feel right
0: well it's a good good date check as well so people know when this is being recorded so oh well mean, to do that yeah they do but everyone will immediately know how long it's taken me to make it sound kind F- of decent
1: find the league of gentlemen clip <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i've got them somewhere <laughs> um it's some, not my alan partridge app on my phone yeah <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do, like I said, we're just going to chat about you really, and about your influences and about what's motivated you and inspired you culturally, Um, and and as you know, and as quite a few people um, who I chat to know, I'm really passionate about creativity and creative minds and creative people, probably because I haven't got one myself, so um, what interested you how did you first become a creative, right? Silly, well, silly well, question, maybe, but how did you first get into it?
1: I think, I think what, what we'll do is we'll start with your, your down point there, Dave. So um, I, I think everybody's creative. I, I, I don't get this, this bit where people say they're not. Mm. Um, just because you're not creative by trade, you're still a creative person. You come up with ideas, you solve problems. You, you, you have to think creatively to solve um, any problem whether it's um, a kind of ubex problem or a kind of wider problem in the world whatever it might be um, you're just not on the kind of the the visualization of the copyright inside of creativity um how did i get into it i've never wanted to do anything else um, so never, never wait, wait. Wait. No, um well i wanted to be a rally driver once but that did not happen um, nice. but if you literally go back to uh, school when we did a kind of careers uh, fairs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I always wanted to be a graphic designer when I was about 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Um, And I had an interest in art. I was a a painter. I did kind of art at school, A-level art, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then I wanted to be an artist, so I wanted to be a fine artist. And at that point, I thought, great. Um, And then I got my logical head on and went, that's gonna be very hard to make a career out of. <laughs> um, so, so I went down the commercial route with it, um, finished my A-levels, went to college, went to the Arts Institute as it was called. Um, now it's uh, AUB, spent a year there, did a great foundation course that they had, which was a bit of fine art, a bit of illustration, photography. Um, And at that point, the internet was kind of coming out. So this is back in the days of Netscape Navigator. And um, a friend of mine, he's a a, a computer engineer developer, um, worked out how to use HTML. So we spent the night building a website, um, which was a portfolio site for me. And I just thought, I love this kind of idea of people interacting with... What I what I produce, uh, mm. I really kind of like that. Instead of being a print designer, which to me was a little bit, little bit flat, little bit boring, um, mm. I wanted to build things that moved and people could, people could kind of play around with. So that was where that was where that came on. Um, when I did the degree um, to finish off, got my qualification up in Cardiff, um, which was a great place to be a student, uh, and then I ended up spending another five years up there working first job I had was um, at BT, who had a in-house development team. It's kind of it's an in-house studio, uh, like an agency. And they did work for themselves, but they also did work for external clients uh, that, that kind of like the idea of working with BT's team. Um, I was there kind of on a, a scholarship from college for about three months, that was all. And then I moved into um, uh, the exhibitions industry. So I went in as a, as a kind of web guy, but also... Doing touchscreen work, um, large format video work. We did some really groundbreaking stuff around Europe, uh, which was great fun. I got to travel quite a bit with them, um, and then their their graphic design left, so I ended up doing quite a bit of large format um, graphics work, which is always amazing to, to kind of see when you fly out to um, Athens and, and places like that, and, and working in Barcelona and Paris. Um, so that was that was all fun. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do um, because. The agency I was in at that point uh, had various different ways of of working um, and there are lots of kind of different revenue streams. One of these was websites, so I was kind of developing the websites at the same time. Uh, this was back when you could get away with just designing on a 960 grid and cutting things up in fireworks or whatever to, to deploy to live. There was no real kind of great skill in developing uh, front end at that point in time. Then um, I left there, went travelling for a bit and then I kind of came back and landed back in Bournemouth. Um, in the middle of the old recession, well, it took me three months to find a job. Eventually, um, work for a digital agency down here called WeClick. Spent, I think, I think the best part of five years there. Um, and we worked with some kind of big brands over there. So some, some very interesting projects. Um, and then after about 17 years of working for other people in the industry, I decided it was time not to help them make more money. Um, was, was kind of time for a new challenge and to, to go it alone and try and build my own business.
0: What made you make that decision?
1: Um, firstly, it, it, it seemed like the right time. Um, I had been thinking about it for a while. I would just wake up and kind of go, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it, there was things that, that, I mean, weekly was a good agency, but there was things there that, that I wasn't kind of, um, the way we work wasn't, wasn't, didn't kind of suit me anymore. Um, they, they, it was very much um, we built websites for people, and I was saying, "Well, we can we can carry on building relationships with clients and, and working longer term with them." Um, and I kind of realised that, that, looking around, not many agencies were doing that um, at the time. So I thought, "Right, okay, I, w- I want to kind of move away from from um, the more churn side of the work and actually take on a, take on a more kind of um, strategic and alongside creative role." Um, and do my own thing. That that was the, the master plan. Um, it didn't quite work out like that when I left, which I was, I'll talk to you about in a minute. But um, the other thing was it was a different challenge. I always kind of went into um, running the business. I kind of sat down and worked out, uh, looking looking for on the, the very pessimistic side of it. Yeah. Um, how much money do I need to earn to survive? And keep my Sky Sports subscription, um, and it, it turns out it wasn't actually that much money. So I thought, well right, okay, financially this could work. And if it doesn't work, there's so many agencies in, in Bournemouth that you could just slot back into one if you needed to. So it was a, it was a different challenge, a business challenge. And there's been a lot of challenges along the way. Um, so yeah, so so my setup as it was three straight lines at the time, which was was a limited company from day one. But I started out for the first year as a freelancer, essentially putting my hand to anything that, that we could do or I could do, um, alongside a few few people that worked kind of closely closely with me. Um, and at that point in time, it was it was <laughs> digital banner ads. It was yeah. print stuff, a bit of branding work, a bit of web work, some UX, a little bit of strategy. Um, it was basically whatever I could get my hands on, um, and I quickly realised that. that that kind of work wasn't difficult to get you just need to go and speak to people in agencies and the abundance of, of of successful agencies in bournemouth that have that have plenty of work um it, it, you know i was i was working till 2 o'clock in the morning um in my kitchen because i was working at home to start with to keep costs down um getting up at 6 going to the kitchen carrying on again um, and I quickly realized that, that that's not really what I wanted to do uh, we had I had some some uh, direct clients it was about ten percent of our work was direct clients about ninety percent was through agencies uh, and then in year two that switched around to to very little agency work um, and and there we, we still work with a few agencies now but they're kind of a select handpicked um, group that we we collaborate with rather than do production for
0: it's interesting because um when you talk about the challenge side i've i've had as you know you well know, and quite a few people I, I speak to well know, i've had opportunities to start up an agency myself and especially after leaving uh gc or ia ia digital in happier days i think there yeah, to be fair um it would have been quite easy i suppose it would have been relatively easy for me to go off and go okay right i'll um i'll uh, start my own agency and, and, and When you said, "Oh, yeah, okay, it was a real challenge for me. I can get that. I really understand that motivation for for you, and for the guys I work with for Key and Crateful and Eux, I can really get that motivation. But for me, I, I, the challenge I kind of wanted to, or I felt like I had to do, was how many, how many people can I help in the background? I've never, I never personally wanted to be the one." at the front. I certainly never <laughs> wanted to be the one with my name in the company, in the company's name. Um, so what, what do you think from, from, your perspective, why do you think you had that, that desire that I haven't got? What, what motivated you to kind of really set up your own set up on your own? Is it a bit of ego? Is it a bit of the creative juices running through? You want to be recognized for your creativity? What, what do you think it is?
1: Um, part, I mean, part of it was, um, yeah, at the time I'm not done with, with creative and, uh, strategy and production that side of it so it was very much kind of coming out of an agency it, it's it's relatively straightforward to, to step to take it's not as if I'm taking a startup and rolling with something completely different uh, or opening a cafe or something it's you know it is what I'm used to so actually it's a pretty safe area to step into um, there's had yeah, to there probably is a little bit of ego in it um, it's certainly not a money-driven thing although um, the times aren't aren't bad and we've we've been quite successful Um, it's more a control thing so being in control of the work we do the work we don't do um, the production of the work I've I've always loved doing really good work for people and that's kind of one of one of our values I guess I mean it's pretty pretty straightforward value that every agency should have but um, not perhaps not all agencies do but it's it's one of those things of going okay. I'm I'm, I'm a bit more in control of, of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, and I still love doing great work with people. I think if I was just a uh, a, a strategy consultant or um, a kind of consultant creative director, I wouldn't have that same um, enjoyment of working on the projects that I really mm. like doing. That's not to say I won't I won't no, step no, no. into that role at some point in time. Sure. Um, and I also do like the business challenge side of it. So. Yeah. Um, I hadn't done any sales ever um, before I started the business which which has been an interesting as I say challenges um, there's a lot of challenges that, that you kind of just don't even think about um, I've got I've just looking at uh, kind of things I've got to, got to do on my list and it's it's not it's a to-do list that that I ever had working for another agency and That's I kind of like point. that somebody said somebody said to me when I started out and they run agency and they said you know, every day is going to be different, Andy, and and that's that kind of really struck with me and still sticks with me. Um, that I'm just thinking, every day is different. Whereas yeah. an agency previously, you'd go in and you'd do your hours and you maybe have a meeting, and you might do a bit of creative creative directions and sit, sit down with, with with the development team or whatever you might be doing. But it, the the day to day was very. You had your role, you had your job, and that was it. Um, so perhaps it's not why I stepped into doing it. But it's certainly a, um, part, <laughs> a bigger part of the job, which I, which I do, again, it's, it's the challenge. I, I really kind of do like the challenge of doing it. And I actually do, I, I, I see it more as a challenge than I do kind of see it as running a business.
0: Ah, uh, See, that's really interesting because <laughs> I think I've been through that, you know. I think I've done that, the, the day-to-day challenges of project managing, looking after clients sitting down with people far more talented than me in terms of tech and creative and business and trying to put it all together. And I think now, and it's interesting, right? I don't know what you think. I'll I'll ask you for your thoughts on it, but you you really don't understand what you don't know. And you really don't understand what you do know once you step out on your own, don't you find that? You surprise yourself,
1: yeah. Absolutely, you you do surprise yourself and and you end up learning very quickly um, otherwise you're not gonna get very far uh, but it's that it's that natural kind of um, alert. I guess I guess starting out was was relatively simple for me because it was you know I've got creative skills um, at the time I was playing around with a bit of development and yeah you know, I could develop a WordPress site things like that for people and I could build animated banners and whatever whatever was being thrown at me at the time Um, so I had the skills to kind of set it out and I also had a bit of um, client relationship which I'm I mean I I, managing clients uh, I enjoy doing Um, sometimes it's hard work right but um, I do enjoy doing it and and I kind of had that ability anyway so it it seems like a logical step to go okay I, I don't need to bring in a creative right now I don't need to bring in a developer to start something off I can just start this on my own with a with a, with a laptop and an internet connection um, and a phone so that's kind of how it how it started um
0: it's interesting yeah, cause, yeah it's, you're...
1: it's it's there's no real amazing story to it I'm afraid mate
0: well there never is
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i think if you start off with a big story it's, it's probably the, the wrong path to, to start going down
0: yeah it never is it usually comes from someone who has found themselves in either in a situation through their own choice or a situation through somebody else's choice where they're thinking well i've got to do something about this and and they all they often think well let's just do it do it myself
1: mm-hmm. so it's something really interesting actually um that that when i started out and um I was looking to start a business but I, I knew that I'd get majority of work in the short term from agencies as a freelancer and um, whilst I enjoy freelancing you get to meet a lot of people you're stepping into other agencies you're working on a whole bunch of different projects um I really like the client contact that I had when I was at WeClick and that was something that as a freelancer essentially gets taken away from you um you know, working with the bigger agencies, of course, they, they don't want you kind of communicating with the clients. No. So your client becomes the account team or the creative director that's within that agency. Yeah. Um, and you don't get to challenge what the client's feedback is. I, I, I challenge a lot, and, and as an agency, no. we're a very challenging. <laughs> Um, you know, you you know this, mate. We're not we're not yes people. I'm not a yes person. Um, no. And and when the feedback comes back from from the account thing, going the client wants this, and you're going, but oh, it's a really bad idea. Um, you're you're kind of just at the mercy of 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 other people that aren't making that kind of client's decision um, or user's decision or whatever it might be. You're just going to go, yeah, okay, I will make those changes and send your invoice to them, and and. It, it didn't. I I wouldn't have. If I didn't start getting direct clients when I did, I wouldn't have continued freelancing. No, um, it just didn't suit me. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, and I, I can relate to that sometimes. I, I have a certain. I mean, I joke with all my clients. Um, at various stages over the course of a month or a relationship, I want to either want to hug them or want to kick them. Oh, there's there's you know, um, and likewise. I hope they want to either hug or kick me um, because it's I think that's the it's like a marriage.
1: many a time <laughs> <It's>, mate <yeah. laughs> good um, so yeah so, so but, quick one then on that on. just
0: because I'm interested in this so I did a I did a talk last night um, uh, to to about uh, well I don't know about 50 50, 50 people I don't I can't, can't remember um, a, a little invite um, Uh, Only thing for uh, Dan Smith, right? Fireworks. So Dan's very similar to you. One thing I've always admired about Dan and yourself is that not long after I met Dan, he said to me, um, "I he never went to art college to make loads of money. He went to art college to understand and deliver his creative passion. And he has just managed to find his way into marketing or creative. And you're quite similar to that. So I was at the anyway. I was at this. I was doing this little talk, and. And someone came up to me afterwards, um, not to punch me or throw their drink over me, but to say, interesting, he, this guy worked at an, oh, had previously worked at an agency, and he said to me, um, What do you think the future of agencies is? And I, was, I thought that question had been, you know, that question is constantly asked, actually, isn't it? What do you think? And I've got my own f- thoughts and feelings on it um, for another time, but what do you think the future of in inverted commas, digital agencies is?
1: Uh, okay, so um, to start with every agency is going to be different, so um, there will be a space for the big players, you know, your, your integrated advertising agencies or your big digital agencies um, of which there's a few down here, they'll always have a space. Um, the smaller way there's definitely a rise of smaller agencies I mean I can only speak for 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 what I see in Bournemouth but um, the scene is changing quite rapidly down here with a glut glut of smaller agencies that do have a a more collaborative approach but for me I I I think it's going to go two ways I think um, the the middle sized agencies will will start scaling down Um, there you go Uh, the bigger agencies will stay bigger maybe grow Um, that offer a fuller service to people, Um, and the smaller agencies are going to become more niche. I mean, we're already seeing that. Um, people, Agencies have realised that they can't just be a full service agency anymore. They have to offer something a little bit different. Ironically, we're all still offering the same thing. We're just trying to uh, proposition it in a slightly different way. and then there's collaboration. I think I think it's not just agencies. I think freelancers more and more will be picking up direct clients. Um, there, there, there will be less reluctance from um, from clients to work with small agencies. That's what I uh, what I believe. Um, and and the small agencies will become far more expert and specialist at what they do. Yeah. Um, whether that's a, a sustainable thing um, depends on the number of agencies around and how good they are. Um, one thing I think the agencies will need to do is become uh, more collaborative, not with, not necessarily with, with each other, but certainly with clients. Um, one thing we do with, with the retained clients that we have is we do really get involved in their business um, and their business growth and strategy, which is just, a, it's just something we kind of, I wouldn't say we fell into it, but it's something that, that is kind of fitted around our, our own proposition really well and i think agencies there, there will be the production side of it Your, your bigger yeah. ad agencies they're working with bigger brands they will be very much more on the the creative and production side with marketing teams uh but there'll be others that actually sit down particularly those of us that work with with smaller clients to really get involved with with brands and and business strategy and growth
0: it's interesting i, I broadly agree with you i i i think That's that first. Our... yeah i know made them it's been recorded as well. I've got to
1: listen back to that one.
0: Um, yeah. But I'd say, I said the word broadly, I think, um, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go on about it too much, but I just think that there is a growing awareness or uh, level of knowledge and education in, in client sides where they go. There is no such thing as a full service. If you're an agency that seriously thinks, or seriously think that I think you can do SEO on the one hand and integrate with, I don't know, Salesforce on the other and do each of those things and everything in between to an equally high standard, you must think I'm nuts.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I totally agree, Dave. And, and there's still agencies out there that, uh, I mean, there's no way we, we I don't want to proposition um, human as a full service agency, it wouldn't work. I mean, there's just so little, few of us here we can't be expert at all of these things. No. Um, and we've lost, we've lost um, projects because they've chosen um, a digital agency that can do web design and build and, and throw in a bit of SEO as well. And they're like, oh, oh you know, we want to work with one agency for everything. So we mm. do lose, lose um, prospects because of that, but it, you know, it's not something that we're going to start offering because we see that as a problem um, to, to running a business or, or winning work.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. We'll have a com- we'll have another conversation about the future of agencies. I'd quite like to do a uh, if I if I can like a round table podcast on that with a few guys because I yeah. think um, I think it's really important. So let's um, put that to one side for a sec and talk about you and talk about your um, your passions in terms of how because I be- I personally believe that creatives have been hugely overlooked in delivering the uh, potential of what digital can become I think digital has uh, and digital in in inverted commas you know the broadest sense digital has allowed itself to be taken over by uh, and remembering who you you share an office with um, uh, digital has been taken over by data and and certain levels of creativity have been ignored at the at the uh, whim of getting more eyes getting in front of more eyes doesn't matter what we get in front of more eyes we just want to get it in front of more eyes and i think creativity has certainly been lost in some aspects however i think that's changing a little bit and i think people like you and one or two others hold the key to that so how how are you and human and you and your peers going to challenge that going to change it
1: Okay, it's very interesting. So, when I Thanks, first mate. when I first started out, I uh, I had this little phrase in my head called creative user experience, which sounds like a, a bit of a, a paradox. But I see creativity as being uh, it's a massive part of the experience. It's not just part of um, your engagement with the brand online. It's just a big part of the experience itself. And um, I've seen I've seen user tests around. Um, black-and-white wireframes and prototypes and you just don't you don't get a feel for for how um, how creativity can a increase uh, the experience of someone using a web page uh, but also increase sales and, and button clicks and CTAs and click-throughs or whatever the, the data metric that you're going to use to measure the success or something is so I think it's that that um, emotional side which has got lost a lot along the way, um, in in between the kind of prototypes of wireframes and, and data-led uh, decision making, there's a place for all of that uh, in part of the process. But it's it's not the the, the kind of be all and end all because one thing we we're, we're able to do at Human is is span everything from from kind of research through through idea generation. Scamping, wireframe, and prototyping, whatever it might be for the project, through to creative and front end development, and and that's kind of the reason why we do that is because we do put such a an important angle on on the creativity part of it, and and it's interesting with the clients that we work with. We we work with a, uh, an insurance company called Brightside um, earlier on this year. They came to us for for um, web rebuilds. So we did a bit of a strategy session. We did some user testing. Um, with Experience UX. Um, we did kind of internal workshops, all the research, got all the insights, turned that into IA, then turned it into wireframes, um, and then it got interesting. Uh, so you know, the, the wireframing part of it was a requ- request by the client. Um, we don't always do wireframing these days. Uh, anyway, so, so it got to the point of going, right, okay, what route do we go down creatively? And I'd said to the um, project lead there, and I said, you do realise we're going to be developing your brand, involving your brand quite a lot here? And he said, yeah, okay. He said, I can't tell the, uh, the CEO that, but but let's crack on. Because basically they had a, a logo um, which had a black colour color and an orange colour in it, and that was pretty much their brand. So um, we went down some kind of really interesting routes, and they sold insurance for all kinds of things from fans to taxis to um, bikes, delivery bike riders and there was no way we could go down a photographic route with it, Um, it would have just been all over the place and would have been stock photography hell so we decided to go down a um, illustrative route, We actually really fitted with their audience, and we did a bit of testing around that. But it was a complete brand development piece. Uh, we're actually moving into now, so we're working with with another, <laughs> ironically, another insurance company. We do have other companies that we work with, uh, but they are another insurance brand that we're currently doing a kind of. I rebuild with rebrand with but that's off the back of a CRO program because as soon as you start redesigning things you are changing that brand as soon as you start rewriting copy you're changing that tone of voice so so there's a lot more to it and um, and we're kind of working out as, as you know uh, we're working out how to measure um, emotion emotional impacts of uh, creative and user experience customer experience
0: it's interesting it's, it's a feeling that you share someone you and I both know and admire I think Damien Reese. he um, is um, doesn't quite despair but at what the web has become in terms of pop-ups and drop-down menus and the way that this so many user journeys are now being completely hijacked by people's desperation to get something in front of somebody at any one time so how can creative aligned with really good uh, ui design and user journey design how can creative not shove stuff in front of people but slow them down to appreciate and get a better understanding of what they're being asked to do or what they want to do how, how you know because because what's happened recently is haphazardly let's chuck a video in there let's chuck an image in there let's do this and that just adds to the confusion so where you know i'm not just talking about great you know, beautiful pieces of creative art and or, or online but how can we think differently to lose our addiction to pop-ups and 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 ads and that kind of you know do you know what i'm getting at i'm not sure i'm making myself crystal clear but
1: no you're not mate but um, <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let's go from there let's go from there so um, I think I think most people on the podcast hopefully hopefully you've got some listeners um, will be agreeing with this that that creativity in, in the majority has fallen out of web design um, you look at the majority of sites and they all they all look the same essentially they've got the same layout um, hero image at the top big banner um, with some copy and a CTA and you, sc- you scroll down the page and things parallax in and all kinds of stuff, but it's pretty much all the same stuff, um, and which, which is okay uh, in a way because there's design patterns out there. Google are doing their best to destroy creativity on the web with, um, with material design, which again just seems like a, a set of tools for UX people without really thinking about the power of creativity. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain argument for, for patterns and, and memorable patterns across the web, but I think there is, there's definitely a position for something very different that's usable um, out there that, that really kind of grabs people's attention. There was a great piece by um, FedEx a while back that um, that tracked your parcel across America mm. and you could listen to a soundtrack as it tracked across America through <laughs> the different states nice. so it, it would play kind of country music in in Nashville and then I don't know uh, soul music in New Orleans as it went through there in at some point. places of Dorset uh, it'd be Deliverance you what, know what, what would it be in what would be in Dorchester sometimes um well maybe we did. maybe we need to produce this for Dorset but but there is there is I mean it's experience but like how can you wireframe that? No. You can't. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, almost the wireframing process and things like that to me have just gone, it's, it's become very narrow minded and limited. And uh, what's the point of wireframing a page um, that's going to look like every other bloody website out there? It just seems like a process for box ticking occasionally. If you're not going to test it, or really think about problem solving with it, um, so I think this is, there's, there's definitely. I mean, um, you can't. Don't be afraid of diving straight into creativity and building something that ain't visually um, that 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 amazing. You can't wireframe, but it does something with sound, or it does something really interactive and cool that you can't even prototype, um, or not with a static prototype anyway. Um, I, I think I think the web needs to become more creative um, and certainly start delivering something a bit different for people.
0: It's interesting. I, I would agree. And we could talk about it. And we will talk about this, I'm sure. I'd, I'd definitely like to get, a, to get a round table conversation going with, with, with a few of us and recording that. Because I think...
1: I mean, it's, it, it's like if you ever could kind of listen to uh, the guys at Ogilvy, if, if you ever kind of follow them on Twitter or something, they always talk about creativity um, and ideas being the only difference you're ever going to have over the competition. And it's that kind of understanding of brand, and advertising and creativity within those those sectors that needs to start really coming into to digital, yeah. um, which which the, the ad companies and the integrated companies out there that, that do come up with the big ideas and they have the awesome art directors will do some really amazing stuff on the web. Yeah. Um, digital agencies, who concentrate less on kind of the advertising side of it and more, more um, web production orientated still need to be able to reach that, 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 creative angle, um, because it's the only point of difference that we're going to have, um, moving down the line. That's
0: a good point for us to shift, shift from where we are now to forward thinking and think about, let's broaden it out. Let's, let's look, cause you know, we talk about all different kinds of things. If you were to, to to project forward a few two three four years who knows two three four months everything could change right but but if you were to look at uh, we talked about old and people like that if you were to look at a brand um, a company or business that that you thought okay they're they're making this this blend this connection between creativity and digital they're making it work they're doing it in a different way they've been brave enough to challenge what has potentially become convention what what brand immediately springs to mind that you think, yeah, okay, they're, 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 they might not be getting it right,
1: but they're trying something? Oh, you could have asked me this uh, question before we started. That's the beauty um, <laughs> You said this wasn't going to be challenging. Ah. Um, there's pockets of it. I don't, I can't, off the top of my head, think of a brand that has branded themselves in such a way online that their main... Um, Their main kind of digital platforms are that that kind of crazy and different. They'll they'll try it out with microsites and and, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, But But isn't that ironic? Let me let me give you a bit more time. I'm trying to think. I'll give you a bit more time.
0: But isn't that ironic, right? Because digital transformation has been going on eight years, nine years, maybe. Billions of pounds have been spent mainly on management consultancies to transform businesses from from, uh, unfortunately this is where it's gone, wrong, right? the inside out, right, very few go, what the, what the customers want, what do users want, what do, what is going to engage emotionally those people, right, is that going to work, right, let's, let's align our business and our model and our technology and our, our business principles around that, because digital transformation has been offered, it's been going on for years, but still there's not one brand that, and I agree, I can't think of one of the, I can think of a couple, but, I can't think of one global brand that's doing something really good, apart from, you know, apart from the, the obvious candidates, the, you know, the tech-based firms, but there's not one historical brand that's going, okay, we're going we're to shift this around and we're going to make something different, which I think is quite, which kind of basically reinforces what you're saying.
1: That the, that the web is a very safe area, yeah. and, and people don't challenge themselves, and, and, and brands don't really challenge themselves, they'll do, as I say, they'll do it with a microsite, yeah. or something that's a bit safer, that they can try something a bit different with, but actually the, the, the front face of the web, yeah. not, not really. It's it's a really interesting point, and I'm, do you know what I'm going to go and do after I've been on here? Um, I don't want to know. And find, try, and find, <laughs> try, try and find the brand out there that's doing something uh, really different with with the, front, the front-facing the front side oh, of their web presence.
0: Um, so, let's, so, let's, so let's pause from the web for a minute, and let's mean you have got a, a love of a particular sport. Well, passion really, we know it's more, more than love, it's a passion for a particular sport in 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 common so so what why 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 cricket why do you love it so much what you know we've talked about this off and on but why what has made you just adore it
1: um oh this is challenging me today dave um i'm in i'm in i'm in party mode i want to go out um (laughs) (laughs) um what i just do you know what? I, I, I couldn't tell you about the game itself, what I really like about it. Um, but for me, it's, um, you know, I like a one day game. I like a, 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 to sit there. All day going to the cricket is is just a, a beautiful thing to go and do. Rather than uh, I do like I mean other sports that are available. I used to be a big ice hockey fan when I lived up in Cardiff. I used to be a season ticket holder, uh, which is a completely different type of game, obviously to the, the complete opposite to, to cricket, uh, particularly Test match cricket. I I, I love Test match cricket. Um, sitting there for four or five days watching um, a sport. Which just happens to be going on whilst you're drinking beer um, and, and eating fish and chips and, and, and bad curries and things like that is um, it's just it's just a beautiful way to spend a couple of days and and for the first time I've I've started going to entire test matches and it's not until you go to. All five days of a test match that you really realise what it's about, the way the the game ebbs and flows. You're sure there's boring bits to it, and then something happens, and the, and the crowd get excited. And by three o'clock in the afternoon, most people are drunk and singing songs, and and it starts getting a bit, you know, a little bit raucous, but in a in a in a, in a safe and friendly kind of manner. Mm. Um, I just think it's it's such a technical game as well, mm. and it's a real battle of of two different types you got a batsman essentially a batsman and bowler right uh, but the, that kind of battle between certain players and bat and ball um, and series that, that teams play so it's not it's it's not like football where you play your team once and before christmas and once afterwards you know you're playing five matches in a row so the rivalries build up and there's always a, a, there's a, a real story to a cricket match um, that, that I guess you unless you go to one you don 't really realize it's, it's there um, is there a story to a football match? you have to be a really good football match for that to happen yeah. um, it's it's that kind of story play if you like that that really is exciting um, I, my, to, to kind of see i
0: agree I, I think that's why we share it I think it's life wrapped up in five days you know you start off full of energy vim vigor thinking the future is your own and you're and you and you're relatively clean unsullied and uh, innocent and then uh, at the start of the first day and by the fifth the end of the fifth day you're basically on your knees scrambling about in the dirt desperately trying to find any way you can out of the terrible situation you find yourself in and and all things in between and it is, hey, it, it is that, it is that it's, it's five it's a microchasm of life in 5 days and i don't know what other sport you get that in you might get it in tennis maybe with the ebbs and flows of tennis you in, in a match um uh, but not stretched out over, over and, and not stretched out over five days where you have and, and that's why i think it's probably one of the mentally toughest sports because mm. you go to bed thinking about it and you wake up the next day and you are you, you're not you're not kind of reflecting you have to clear stuff from your mind and go again and then you have to do it the next day and then the next day and i think the and there's no coincidence, I don't think, that significant cricketers have had mental health issues, and, and, mm-hmm. and I think it is that, that 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 drawn out anguish or success over a period of time that I just think is exhausting. And um, yeah, I I absolutely I absolutely adore it. So where do you think to wrap up? Because you want to go and have your drink. Um, where? <laughs> If we're if we're sitting here and having a similar conversation you know we've got the we're recording the podcast how do you think that the... okay two questions how do you think the creative influence over the digital platform will have changed if anything over the next 12 maybe 24 months maybe two years and how do you think what type of organisation is it going to take to really grab the ball by the horns in terms of of, of a brand taking the lead on that?
1: Over two years? Yeah, let's I don't just think say... Going to change. Don't. I, don't think, no. I don't think it's going to change much over two years. I think you're going to still see the same kind of websites now. What will change is um, new technologies. Obviously, they're constantly changing the environment we work in. Yeah, but I'm going to interrupt. How-
0: but... These new technologies mean nothing if there's actually, actually no change in the fundamental basics, right? So why? So are these new technologies just a um, diversion? Because we're not actually going to change anything.
1: Are they a diversion?
0: Are they a diversion? You know his voice. A diversion at the moment. There are there are Every, there's arguments that oh, it is right.
1: So yes, it is. Um, so. Technologies are only as good as are only going to work how the people that use them work. Um, so, voice, for example, we don't really know what people are going to do with voice. Google That's and Amazon have put tools out, put, put tools out there. Will will it catch on? I don't really know. Um, you know, we've done a bit of work with, with voice and that ourselves, and um, it's kind of like, I mean, okay. So Siri has been around for for years. Half the population um, are walking around with something in their pocket. In fact, everybody's walking around with something in their pocket that they can voice activate. Mm. Do people really use it? Oh, I haven't got the stats, but um, I don't really believe they do. Mm. So I think we'll see a trend in more and more tech coming out that people don't use. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 2016 was the year of the smart or wearable technology, okay? I don't see anybody apart from techies and UX people walking around with uh, Apple watches on. Um, That's a fair point. Runners with Garmin's, all right. There's certain markets for certain things, but this kind of mass usage of of certain technologies, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. So it's kind of finding that 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 part of. Um, the technology that works for the right type of people, which is obviously part of our, our proposition um, that we've we've kind of been working on. Um, where does creative sit in it all? Yeah, what ah, what company?
0: I, do you, do you... D- yeah, go on. Sorry.
1: D- so, Dave, I can't tell you that because um, I don't want to be able to predict the creative future, ah. um, and I don't think you can. That's like that's like saying uh, during art history, I knew that the, the um, you know um, the 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 the. Uh, Post Impressionism was going to be a thing (gasps) during during Rembrandt's period. Really? I I, I can't can't tell you that, mate. It took me a while to think of that. How proud Um, are you? How proud are you? you If if, (laughs) if Rembrandt predicted post Impressionism, then he was an absolute genius. who knows mm. that's the beauty of creativity and if creativity starts going down another angle then we're just doing the same shit we're doing right now just in a completely different way and we're all still the same mm. creativity is about being unique it's about coming up with something very different so i don't think you can predict it i
0: think that is a... to answer
1: your question no, I think in a brilliant. roundabout way
0: no, i think it's brilliant and i think bringing rembrandt into the conversation is a perfect time to end because I think it's a, it's a very, very fair point. Um, so, thank you, mate. I, I very much appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. That's um, all right. You, yeah, you have a, uh, an absolutely wonderful drink up tonight because you and quite a few of my clients know of my dislike of social situations um
1: yeah we so, haven't invited you no, that's brilliant that's what, I love, <laughs> that's what i love about you
0: we're having our party you're not coming brilliant everyone's happy
1: um i did that I, I did that by text didn't i you did yeah i did yeah i texted you to say you weren't invited yeah <laughs> just,
0: that is like bingo there we go i'm happy you're happy i'm happy everyone's happy um, no thanks mate that's brilliant thank you so oh, much mate. Cheers, mate. no worries Take at all on, mate. cool hey thanks for Thanks for getting this far. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, you poor people. <laughs> um, so I hope you enjoyed that um, conversation with Andy. It was um, really. It always is really interesting for me to listen to creatives. And uh, one of the interesting things that that came up, I thought, was um, sameness in design and sameness in 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 digital products, which which is has. In many ways, restricted the ability of creators to do something different, and, and actually, Andy did say in the in, in the podcast when I actually unfairly to be uh, to be honest, put him on the spot around any brands doing something different. He went off and looked at some. He, he was true to his word. He went off and looked at some of the biggest brands in the world and their websites, and um, he he sent me a text not long after the end of the podcast. Um, and I'll read you what he said in his text, um, well I've been through the websites of the 100 biggest brands in the world and they all look the fucking same. Um, so there you go, They've, <laughs> they're conforming to, a, to a, a preset set of guidelines really and, and actually Andy touched on material design um, in the podcast and it's something we're, I'm going to talk about in the new year um, but material design is uh, set, it's really kind of pushed by Google. Um, Google is a money-making machine, and um, the more people that conform to, to its material design method and mechanism, um, the more money they make, um, and it's um, it's really interesting angle. But that's for another, another podcast. All that's left for me to say is if you listen to this before Christmas, I, I really wish you and your families and your loved ones a really happy Christmas and New Year. If you listen to this after Christmas and New Year, I hope you had a lovely time. Um, There'll be some more newsletters and podcasts coming out soon. Um, But until then, look after yourself and, and take care. Cheers.